him out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains. The chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains, And in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Notice verse 6. But when he saw Jesus, afar off, he ran and worshipped him. We've just been told the first five verses how messed up this man is. Demonic. Possessed by... Around, the Bible said in verse 13, I believe it is, 2,000 demons. Would you agree with me and say this man's not at all saved? But yet, in verse number 6, when he gets around the Son of God, he begins to worship. When I read that, I preached from this text a thousand times, but God... Spoke to my heart, give me a different thought than I've ever preached last night. And so if the Lord will help me, the Holy Ghost, I want to preach on this thought. And I'm going to clear my title up in my introduction. But I want to preach to you on this thought. I see you worshiping, but have you ever been washed? I see you worshiping, but have you ever been washed. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be in your house one more time. Now, God, I'm not here to confuse anybody. Lord, I'm not here to try to redo something that's already been done. But the fact of the matter is, Lord, I know what you've been speaking to me about. God, I know without a shadow of a doubt this is what you'd have me preach in this hour, this very moment to these people. So God, I'm asking you, Lord, to give me unction and power. Fill me, Lord, with the Holy Ghost. Let me preach the Word of God. May the drawing and the convicting power of Almighty God do what only you can do. Draw sinners unto repentance. We thank you for what you've done and what you will do. Help us today. What you, what you do in our midst, we'll thank you. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said. You may be seated. By way of introduction this morning, it is here, of course, everybody knows the story. The Bible lets us know in Mark chapter number 4 that God has the Son of God has begun to do miraculous things. The Bible lets you know that He's performed miracles and He's sat down and He's begun to teach His disciples and He's begun to uh, grow them, if you will, in the Lord and the Word of God, uh, the principles and the doctrines of uh, uh, the Word of God. And we see that after such a move of God, the Bible said uh, uh, there at the end of Verse uh, chapter number four that the Lord Jesus. 
Jesus got in the boat, commanded them to get in the boat and said, let's go to the other side. You know the story. When they got out on the sea, it didn't take very long. The Bible said that after he tells in verse 35 of chapter 4, have to go to the other side. In verse 37, the Bible said, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he, talking of Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind was ceased and there was a great calm. They go on to say, or he goes on to say unto them, verse 40 of chapter 4, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. That's the close of chapter number four. Then immediately in chapter number five, after they've been in the storm and after they've had to weary through the wind and through the waves and after that their faith was at an all-time low, but Jesus brought it back to an all-time high by stopping the wind and calming the waves and that we find that once they arrive uh, to the other side, by the way, listen to me, if the Lord Jesus told them to go to the other side, you can mark her down, uh, despite the storm, they would arrive at their destination. Uh, can I say this morning that God has given you and I some promises? Uh, uh, he tell you to go, you better go. Uh, and in the middle of the storm and troubles and trials, uh, uh, the devil will try to convince you uh, that you're not going to make it to where God told you to go. Uh, but my friend, the devil's a liar and the truth's not in him. Uh, and these disciples, they surely arrive to the other side uh, in the country of the Gadarenes. The Bible said, chapter 5, where our text is in verse 2. And when he was come out of the ship, Speaking of Jesus, notice the Bible, look with me, verse number 2, and when he was come out of the ship, immediately. Uh, does anybody know what that word immediately means? It means right then. Uh, there, was no, there was no pause, there was no setback, there was no space of time, but as soon as Jesus steps out of the ship, immediately they met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. The Bible said this man dwelt among the tombs. The Bible said that no man could bind him. The Bible said he'd been often bound with fetters and chains, but the chains had been plucked asunder and the fetters broken into pieces. The Bible said that no man could tame him. You talking about a hell-raising fool. This man could never, ever be tamed. If you want to know the definition of a real sinner, friend, it's this maniac of the devil. I mean, he's constantly running around naked, not clothed, not in his right mind, rebellious as the devil.
day is long, full of sin and full of devils. Uh, the Bible said when Jesus asked him, what's your name? He said, Legion, for we are many. The Bible said in verse 13, the number of rebellion, uh, that the amount of devils uh, was somewhere around 2,000. Uh, and I said it'd be a bad deal to be possessed with one. Somebody help me today. It'd be an awful situation uh, to be possessed by one devil. Uh, can you imagine having 2,000 of them, friend? I'm talking about this fella was deep in depravity. He was deep in demonic oppression. Uh, he was as ungodly as they come. Uh, but my friend, what you'll find uh, is when Jesus shows up uh, and they, the promise is being fulfilled. Can you imagine? I believe, Brother Chris, it might be possible uh, that when they got out of the ship, uh, they started singing a, a, a song that uh, my God has been faithful and uh, time after time, again and again, whatever the words are, he's always been faithful to me. They probably was fixing to have church. I mean, Jesus had just literally, think about this, had stepped out on the bow of the ship and spat to the wind and listened. And spat to the waves and listened. And the Bible said these men were amazed. These disciples were amazed. They said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? I mean, somebody had a word on the heart. Are you listening? Somebody had a testimony. I can imagine soon as their feet hit dry ground, I can see oh, down Thomas. Boy, you talk about one sweating in the storm. It was Thomas, neighbor. He, they said, oh God, we're going to die. He said, going to die. We've done dead. We're going to perish. Going to perish. I perished 10 minutes ago, y'all. My heart somewhere yonder back in the sea. I've been dead for a while. And they said, what's Jesus doing? And Thomas said, well, you think he's doing And he's thinking that. That's what he's always doing. He's always sleeping when we need it. And, and they looked over at Peter, and Peter said, blanket it, blanket it, blanket it, blanket it, sinking, blank, 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 blank. Wait, Kim, the blanket it, blank, up. We fixing the blanket it, blank, God. And so here they are. They're fixing to lose it all. And Jesus rises up from the bed. He rebukes them. He said, oh, ye of little faith. My God, I put the clouds in the sky and the water in the sea. I'm in control of the wind. And you think we're going to die? He said, hey, wind. Hey, waves. Peace. Be still. And they had to obey him. I imagine when they got to the other side, the Bible said immediately, this man with 2,000 devils meets him. I can see Peter. He's always mouthy. Uh, preacher, preacher, b before we go any further, I, I just got a break on you. Go ahead, Peter. Well, and he starts talking like it happened 20 years ago. I just want to thank God for the storms in my life. The same one that was cussing about the storms. Are you listening? Well, thank God for the storm because uh, the Lord Jesus, this, this, is, this is the Messiah, this is the one we left our fishing for and our family for and our friends for and left behind our finances for. And, uh, here he is. And, and, and did y'all just see what happened? Uh, and suddenly they start crying and shouting and thanking God because, listen, uh, this wasn't no drama. This wasn't a thing of too being too dramatic. They thought they were fixing to die, Big E. I mean, they thought they were fixing to sink. 
in that sea. Uh, anybody ever been there? Ain't no way out of this one. Ain't no way up my head. Uh, can you imagine the Bible said uh, that the waves were coming over into the ship. I mean, it ain't looking good, Brother Chris. Uh, uh, but Jesus, as he always does, uh, uh, he spake and, uh, and the weather obeyed him and saved their lives. And uh, then John the Beloved stood up and he said, I ain't going to lie, Lord. Uh, he said, I know I'm usually the one leaning on your bosom. Uh, my head's usually planted somewhere near your heart. Uh, but just a few minutes ago, Lord, I thought we was done. I thought it was over. I thought, man, I lied. But uh, there's no way out of this one. I ain't going to lie, Lord. I was a little fearful, but time and time again, uh, you proved yourself true. And Lord, I just want to say I love you. I just want to say I bless your name. I want to say thank you for being good to me. And uh, then, uh, uh, then Andrew popped up. He said, can I say a little something? He said, go ahead, Andrew. He said, Lord, I just want to say I love you too. Uh, but you've been real good. And before long, you know what I believe they're fixing to have? Uh, they're fixing to break out revival right there in the shores. Uh, of the sea of gatherings. Uh, can I say my friend and right in the middle of it all there's another fellow shows up. I, I believe personally I've heard it preached this way uh, before but I believe that old man uh, dwelling among the tombs that demonic possessed uh, maniac of Gadara he probably seen that storm break out don't you think? I mean it was in the sea on the way to it uh, and I believe he's seen all that the wind and the waves that uh, probably could hear him screaming and crying for help uh, and then all of a sudden it all stopped. Uh, I mean, can you imagine? He knew right then uh, that must be the one they call Christ. Uh, he's the only one that's got power uh, to calm the wind and the waves and uh, he's headed my way. And so when the Christians uh, uh, the disciples begin to praise him and fall at his feet on the shore uh, the Bible said when Jesus stepped out immediately uh, their man a man, a, a, a maniac of uh, the Gadarenes of Gadara. Uh, the Bible lets us know uh, that in verse number 6, uh, the Bible said when he saw Jesus afar off. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? I believe he's seen all that, Brother Chris, because the Bible said when he seen Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Uh, hear me tonight or this morning, my friend. Uh, I've never been under such a burden as I am today. Uh, but I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart, uh, if we've ever lived in a generation, if the church has ever uh, been in a place uh, uh, like this, it's now uh, where people uh, that don't know God, uh, they've never been saved. Uh, all that God is a knowledge. Uh, can I tell you, friend, uh, uh, to this point, God, the Son of God, had never done anything for this maniac. Would you hear me? Would you agree with me? That's why he's still got 2,000 devils. He's still naked. He's still cutting himself. Uh, he's still uh, uh, rebellious. He can't be tamed. Uh, he didn't know God. Uh, uh, but you know what he did? Uh, he seen what God was doing for everybody else. Uh, and he said, hey, uh, he's pretty good. Uh, uh, he can help them. Uh, he's worthy of some worship. Uh, my friend, and he fell down. Uh, and he worshiped a God that he did not know. And he was worshiping him uh, based on what all them disciples had to say about him. And what all them disciples had just experienced. Uh, and he had a common knowledge of God. Uh, but he did not dwell in his heart. 
Uh, can I say, my friend, we're living in a day uh, uh, where people are praising God and, and worshiping God that they don't even know. Uh, all I know about God is what everybody else says about God. All they know about the promises of God uh, is what everybody else says about the promises of God. Uh, they've seen the Lord Jesus uh, work in the lives of others, uh, but it's never really worked in the lives of themselves. Uh, and they're worshiping God, but they've never been washed. Uh, can I say this morning? Listen to me now. I believe with all my heart uh, on a Sunday morning, even in a crowd uh, of this size, uh, I believe it's very possible. Are you listening? I believe it's very possible uh, that there are select few people here today uh, that you've been worshiping God. Uh, you come to church. Uh, you might even tithe. Uh, you might see the same songs we're singing and say the same things we're saying and read the same Bible we're reading. Uh, but you've never been to Calvary, friend. Uh, you've never been washed in the blood. Uh, you've never been regenerated. Uh, you've never been born again. Uh, I'm trying to tell you this morning that uh, uh, God, the Holy Ghost, uh, I put it on my heart to tell you today, whoever you are, it's time to stop worshiping a God that you've never been washed by and get washed so you can know how to worship. We're living in a day, friend, where everybody's mind is their hope of salvation. They believe in God. They believe in the cross. They believe in the resurrection. But my friend, it takes more for you and I to believe in. We've got to believe on. The Bible said that you'll believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved. And the house. Can I tell you, my friend, I see you worshiping. But have you been watched? This man wasn't a bit more saved than the devil himself. But he's worshiping God. He's raising his hand. He's saying hallelujah. He's saying thank you, Jesus. But he didn't know who he was talking about. He didn't know why he was praising. But he just knew everybody else was. So it was time for him to get in on it. My friend, if you're not careful, you'll come to church and die and go to hell from the very church pew you sit on. You're in a place where the Word of God has been preached and declared where the Spirit of God is present, where the drawing of God is without limit, and you'll end up worshiping a God you've never been washed by and died and go to hell. There's a real place called hell. Are you listening? I didn't think he's getting no rain today. Everything in the world that could probably go wrong is going to go wrong today. That's what I'm dealing with. I'm nervous wreck. Because I look at these same people every single week. And I'm fixing to make a statement I've made very few times. Turn this up just a little bit with the rain. I'm fixing to make a statement I have made very few times. Go Dax. But I'm doing so because of what God the Holy Ghost told me. There's somebody lost here today. 
Well, this is our usual crowd. This might, might be a little too much. This is our usual crowd, brother Josh. They, we're all faithful. Let me ask you something. Why are you worshiping me? Do you really have a relationship with God? I'm going to give you some things about people who worship that's never been washed. This man was worshiping. He was religious. But he had no relationship. He's as lost as Cooter Brown, friend. He's as lost as lost can be. But when Jesus calls a seashore service, guess who shows up? He's the first one, neighbor. He's the first one to show up in meeting. As soon as the Lord steps out of the boat, He begins to worship Him. Is it possible for people to be lost and on their, on their way to hell, a hundred mile an hour on their way to hell, and come in a church and worship God? You better know that our churches are filled for lost people in this generation. One of the major reasons that the church has lost its power is because the people that are making up the church have never been Again. I'm trying to tell you this morning if I didn't believe somebody was lost I'd shut my mouth and go home I don't know who you are but God does and they might be more than one but Lord we're always here he, he's baptized I'm not here listen to me now by way of introduction I'm not here to talk you out of it and if I can it's cause you ain't gone I'm not here to confuse you I'm not in the resaving over and over and over business. are you listening I'm not one of them boys that's going to play on your emotions try to scare you into thinking you're lost when you're saved. If you're saved, thank God. But I believe there's a lot of people on this side of heaven that they, they, they claim that to be saved based on a prayer. Let me tell you something. You can pray every prayer in the, in the book, friend. But the Bible said if you've never been drawn by the Holy Ghost of God, let me ask you, do you have a day where you was on your way to hell and the Holy Ghost came by. There was no mistaking it. Had God the Holy Ghost came by and convicted you. You know what that word convict means? Convicted, the root word is convict. That's when God reveals to you who you really are. And you see yourself lost. Some of y'all think you're good. You're not good. Some of y'all think you're okay. You're not okay. And my friend, if God the Holy Ghost has never crawled up in your grill and made and hung you out over hell and made you realize it was your sin that put him on the cross, it was your wrong that put him on the cross, it was who you are that he had to shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. You better hear me. If you ain't got a time and a place, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about decision making. I'm not talking about turning over a new leaf. I'm not talking about taking a step. I'm talking about God, the Holy Ghost, convicting you and bothering you and hey, and convicting you to a place where you realize you are a sinner and you realize it was Jesus that they paid for your sin and you confess your sin and repent of your sin and trust in Jesus to save you from your sin. If you don't have a time and a place
kind of people that go to church that are lost. Lost. Tell you, God bothered me with this. Are you listening? You're worshiping a God you've never been washed by. I know who I'm looking at. As far as I know, everybody in here claims to be saved. That's why I'm the one that feels stupid in my flesh. But I don't know what the Spirit of God said. There'll come a day, friend. There'll come a judgment day. You don't heed to the call. God will bring this up. So I was talking to you that day, but you turned away. Right. I am. Now you can change that today. Yes, sir. Let me ask you something. You really have a relationship with Christ? I talk about just coming to church. Good. Anybody go to church? Yeah. Man. How many of you all know people that they ain't a bit more Christian than than this maniac of good air, but they're faithful to church? Yeah. Amen. Go to church, folks. Listen to me. Ain't gonna get you in. Right. Giving money ain't gonna get you in. That's right. Running this and doing that ain't gonna get you in. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. That the message of Christ was repent for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. May I say, if God the Holy Ghost has never moved in and took control of the way, if the Holy Ghost of God lives in you, you'll know it, I'll know it, and everybody else will know it, because God will bear witness with himself. But my friend, the Bible says if you're in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Listen to me. If you get Holy Ghost convicted and gloriously born again, your methods won't matter. Your preferences won't matter. Your opinions won't matter. When God saves you, you've got to think with His mind. And your heart will beat to His heart. And you'll yield to His will or He'll deal with you, friend. You can't live for you and claim to be a child of God. You're worshiping Him, but you've never been washed. That's what this maniac of Gadara's doing. Lord, help me. I'm preaching on that thought. I see you worshiping, but have you ever been washed? I'll give you these things as quickly as I can. Number one, I want you to see the timing of his appearance. This man's as lost as, as Peter Brown. Never did say, but I want you to see the timing of his appearance. Look at verse 1, Mark chapter 5. They came over the other side of the sea into the country of Gadarenes. Verse 2. And when he, talking to Christ, was come out of the ship immediately and met him up out of the tombs of man with an unclean spirit. Listen to me. In verse number 9, Jesus asked him what his name was. He said, Legion, which means we are many. Uh, the Bible lets us know 2,000 demons uh, in this man. But can I say this man uh, that's possessed of 2,000 demons uh, is the first one to show up to church on the seashore. Uh, listen to me. He's not late. Uh, he's not lagging. He's not lazy. He's not laboring, but he is lost. Are you He's got his ducks in a row, friend. Uh, he's there when Jesus shows up. Uh, he's not leaving. 
hindering or lazy or lagging, but he's lost. He's on his way to heaven. And he shows up right on time when Jesus shows up on the seashore. May I say I respect punctuality. I do. I'd say I was good at it, so I respect it. I respect punctuality. But my friend, you can be the first one to church and still be the first one to go to hell. I said you be the first one here and be the first one to hell. It don't matter how punctual you are. I want to see. I want to know. God wants to know if you've ever been pardoned. Punctuality and good principles do not share the equivalency of being pardoned. This do-good mentality has crept in and filled our churches and filled people full of worship, but they've never been washed. They're worshiping a God that's never washed them. They're cleaning their they're cleaning their own eyes. Their morals are good enough in their own eyes. Their contributions are good enough. Their standards, their convictions, if you will, their preference, their, their good behavior is good enough. They're proper and punctual, but they're never been pardoned. They might be on top of the church, but they're going to die and go to hell if they've never been washed this morning. Jesus was physically met in the flesh immediately by a lost man who fell at his feet and worshipped him. Don't you think they're still falling by the groves today? Jesus seemed like everywhere he went had a lost man or a devil to deal with. Let me tell you something. You want to know how I know there's devils that bother this place? Because we're doing it how Jesus did. Oh, yes. I believe it, friend. This man's lost. See, the timing of his appearance. My friend, it scares me to death that think even in a church of our size that someone could be showing up week in and week out. Faith. Worshiping. But they've never been washed. I'm here to tell you that God, the Holy Ghost, Confirmed it in my heart that there's some folks that look the part, they act the part, they try to play the part, but they've never been converted into the person that they claim to be Christ. Listen to me. There's a difference in having a knowledge, knowing of Him, and knowing Him. The Bible said that in these last days there'd be a form of godliness, but they deny the power. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Do you live and obtain the power of God? That ain't just a phrase for the preacher. I believe a preacher, if a preacher ain't got the power, he needs to sit down and put him in power. It ain't just for the preacher. That's to have the power, friend. That God meant for you and I to walk in the spirit that we would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He said, be not drunk with wine. Where it excess, but be filled with the spirit of God. Some of y'all wouldn't know God if he sat down and pecked you on the shoulder. You had no discernment. You had no principle of the presence or knowledge of the presence of God. And you think you're on your way to heaven, you'll bust a bomb out of hell if you don't get born again. If you don't get saved. 
never been washed. Amen. I don't care what you think. You're on your way to hell. That's right. If you've never been washed. Right. The timing of his appearance. Immediately. Soon as soon as the door opens, he's there. Yeah. First one to church and first one that went to hell. Where are you going to? When are you going to give up the games and go get God? Yeah. Man. You want to know why you don't go after him? You don't want to. Right. Man. Like you're good enough. I do away with all the acting and get a doctor. Yeah. Yes, sir. I said, I do away with the acting. You're acting like you're a Christian, but you know not Christ. That's right. Oh, it's tough. It's tough for you to hear. It's tough for me to preach. I look at you week in and week out. You don't think I'm fighting up here to tell you this. I am, but this is what God said to you. The timing of his appearance. Secondly, I want you to see the truth of his acquaintances. Lord, give me all this last night. The truth of his acquaintances. Look at verse 3. The Bible said this man had his dwelling among the tombs. Do you see the truth of his acquaintances? The Bible said he had his dwelling among the tombs. I think it's safe to say that this man was a friend uh, and an acquaintance of those who were dead. Uh, that word acquaintance means this. It means a familiar knowledge, a state of being acquainted or having an intimate or more than slight superficial knowledge of. It's a person or persons well known. This man knew the dead. Uh, he was acquaintances uh, with the dead. He dwelt uh, and lived among the dead. Uh, this same man who was worshiping the Son of God in the flesh uh, is the same man dwelling among the dead. He lived with them. I believe he talked with them. My God, he had 2,000 demons. Don't you? I mean, they still people talk to the dead today. Uh, you say they talk to their soul? No, the soul's in heaven or hell. Uh, but they are talking to something. Uh, they're talking to a spirit. And the spirit's talking through them and to them. That's real stuff, friend. If he had 2,000 demons, I guarantee you in the middle of the night, he was sitting around the grave uh, eating grass like a goat uh, with the dead. Are you listening? That was his friends. Uh, he didn't fit in with the body of Christ. Uh, he didn't fit in with the church. Uh, he was so weak that he didn't hardly fit in with the world. But his acquaintances, his knowledges, uh, his relationship was with the dead. He enjoyed their company. He's surrounded by their presence. He was familiar with them. He was without question an acquaintance among the dead. May I say sounds a whole lot like uh, a bunch of churchgoers that's never been born again. Uh, they hang out. Uh, they roll into church on Sunday morning uh, and worship uh, after they've never been washed. Praise God. Uh, throw a little money in the offering plate. Uh, then all week long they're an acquaintance of the dead. They're a friend of the world. Uh, by the way, I'm not talking about physical those uh, who are visited but spiritually. The world, the sinner, is lost on their way to hell. The Bible said before you and I got saved, we were dead. The Bible said in Ephesians 2, 1, and you have he quickened who were dead, who were dead in trespass and sin. Ephesians 2, 5, even when we were dead in sin, had quickened us together with Christ by grace. Are you saved? Colossians 2.13 And you being dead 
in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh and be quickened together with him having forgiven all your trespasses. I cannot say this morning uh, that every unsaved person is dead men walking. Uh, God watch the show. The walking dead. I got news for you. That's a reality. When you go to Walmart, you're seeing the dead walk, friend. Uh, until you and I got born again, we was dead on our way to hell. And the glory be to God when He came by. He quickened us yeah. and made us alive salvation of the spirit. He was a friend of the dead. That man who worshipped but had never been washed. May I say folks that run with the world, live like the world. You want to know how you can tell if you've ever been saved? Listen to me. Do you love this present world? You love the things of the world? You know what the Bible said, don't you? Bible says in 1 John 2.15, love not the world, many things are in the world. If any man, listen to me, love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know why he dwelt among the dead? That's what he loved. Right. Well, folks who come in and worship, but they've never been washed, they get along good with people. You know, not God. They get along good with people who are not Christians. They enjoy their company. They share their interests. Are you listening? Yep. If you're saved, I've got news for you. You don't fit in with this world. I'm going to ask you a serious question. Can you go out in this world and be comfortable and feel all right and hang around those uh, who are living like hell on their way to hell and everything's fine between you and them? If so, the Spirit of Almighty God does not live within you. Amen. John 15, 19. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. Here's another question. Do you love the world? The answer is yes, you're lost. Here's the second question. Does the world love you? If the answer is yes, you're lost. Well, I got Bible. John 15, 19. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. In other words, in John's gospel, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. And if the world loves you, the love of the Father is not in you. They'll hate you
try and hurry. Folks that run with the world, they love the world. Folks that run with the world are lost, they lust after the world. The Bible says in 1 John 2 16, for all that's in the world is the less flesh, the less the eye, the pride of life is not of the Father, it is of the world. I'm going to step out some deep water, deep. I don't know why God's allowed me to go six years without having to address some of this. There's a spirit on people who are wrapped up in the world with us. Right, right. And under the power and the inspiration of God Almighty and His call on my life, yeah. I will say to you, some of y'all have it. Are you listening? Amen. Good thing I ain't having night service because none of y'all will be coming back for a Some of y'all have that lustly, sinful spirit on you. What do you say? The reason that men obtain that spirit of lust is because they are entangled with the lust in the affairs of this world. Yeah. The lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes and the pride of life. That's all that's in this world and ain't none of it of the Father. Right, Are you listening to me? It ain't none of it is of the Father. James 1.15 When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is sin, bringeth forth death. Galatians 5.16 This I say then, walk in the Spirit. You're not fulfill the lust of the flesh. My friend, the truth about your acquaintances is this. If you show me who your friends are, I'll show you who you are. Right. Yes, sir. Why is it that some church people cannot stand to be around other church people but love to be anywhere in this world? I'll tell you why. There's no love for the brethren. The Bible says if you don't love the brethren, you're not saved. The Bible said if you do love the world, you're not saved. So, hello, Captain Obvious tells me they're lost. Right. Are you listening? Amen. If you don't love the brethren and you love those who are in this world, you're lost. You're worshiping, but you've never been washed. Amen. Moving on, thirdly, once you see the testimony of his conduct, look at verse 3 and 4. And I'm going to remind you when it gets started to 15 after 11. So don't check your watch. The testimony of his conduct, look at verse 3. He had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him. The fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. The testimony of his conduct, this man was unruly. He was uncontrollable by everyone he had ever encountered. May I say, I think we can all agree it's clear in the Scripture that he was full of these three things. Number one, he was full of self. Yeah. He didn't care what nobody said, what nobody tried to tell him, what nobody tried to teach him. He was going to be who he was and live like his way. Hell, with everything and everybody else, he was living for himself. People that live like that, one of the first things God will have to teach you 
for you. But one of the first things you'll have to overcome for you to get saved is yourself. You have to be willing to say no to you and yes to him. You have to be willing to say no to your will and yes to his will. You have to be willing to submit to his call when he calls you to repent. That's the first step this man had never taken. They tried. The Bible said they tried to tame him. They tried to lock him down, not just to punish him, but to contain him or they could maybe teach him something. Listen to me. But there's just some things he wasn't willing to change. Well, it's real quiet. But there's some things it didn't matter if God Himself spoke it to him. He wasn't going to change. Want to know why? He never been washed. When you get washed, God's real word will take precedence and will be number one priority over everything else. Sure sign somebody's never been saved is when they neglect God's word, what God's word says, and establish their own will, their own ways above his will and his ways. Right. Gotta tell you, lost people, they don't care about the word of God says. People sit in church, they don't care what the word of God says. How do you know? Look how they live. Right. They don't care what that Bible says. Look what they're for. Look what they're against. They don't care what that Bible says. This man was full of self. He was full of sin. He was full of Satan. He could not be taught. He could not be tamed. And he could not be transformed. Notice verse 4. The Bible said he had often been bound. In other words, there were several attempts by many different people throughout his life to get this man to change his ways. But each and every time they failed. You know what his motto was? It's one that's very common in today's society, and that is this. I'm just going to be me. You keep being you. You'll be you all the way to the pits of hell. I'm just, here's another one. This is just who I am. I quit trying to figure out and focus on who I was, start trying to figure out who he was. Because if you live your life here to be this is just who I am, by the way, we talk about Sunday school, like this whole movement. It's just who I am. It's just who, it's just who I am. You've got to accept me for who I am. God don't accept us for who we are. I don't have to accept you for who you are. Amen. God don't accept you for who you are. God accepts you through who His Son is. When you believe in His Son, then all of a sudden you're accepted by God. But until then, you're not. That's why it says, depart from me, ye that work in equity. I never knew you. It's not a figure of speech. When God says something, he means it. You know why he'll say, I never knew you? Because he didn't. This man, this man can't be taught, tamed. He's got a testimony concerning his conduct, and it is one of constant rebellion, refusal, and no repentance. Bible says in Luke 13, 3, I'll tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. This man lives his entire life doing what he wanted to do. Can I ask you something? I hope you're listening with me. Stay with me this morning. Do you just do what you want to do? 
If you can do whatever you want to do and get by with it, and God don't bother you, you are lost. Amen. People take this preaching as he's so mean. I'm trying to keep you out of hell. Trying to keep you out of a place of outer darkness. And where the worm by the mountain fire is not quenched and sweeping well and gnashing the teeth is the bottomless pit. Hells enlarge yourself every day and try to let you know your way does not win. Does not work. This man lives his entire life doing what he wants. Nothing or nobody could convince him to change. Yet when Jesus shows up, he's the first one there worshiping. Oh, my soul. Our church is a field full of these men. Yeah. Monday through Saturday, they do whatever in the world they want to do. Life's all about them. They never crack their Bible open. They never spend time in prayer. They never uh, hear the voice of God. God never hears their voice. They live life according to their own will. And then they walk in on church, at church on Sunday morning, and worship a God they've never been washed by. What this man's doing. The testimony of his conduct. Y'all still with me? Amen. I'll be done again. You get by with your sin? No, sir. Huh? You get by with your sin, you ain't never been saved. Yeah, man. Right. I'm going to say this. Go a step further. If you can support sin, that's right. You've never been saved. Amen. There's something in there called the Holy Ghost. No matter who or what it is, it was my mother and my father. I could not support their sin. Right. I could not support them in their sin. Right. My children, my wife, does not mean I don't love them. But if they're living with Brother Chris in open sin, I cannot support that. Why? God won't let me. Amen. I don't know why some of y'all can support sin. It's because God don't bother you because you're none of His. Amen. Well, fourthly, once you see the torment of His condition, verse 5 said, always night and day. Always night and day. He was in the mountains, in the tombs, crying, cutting himself with stone. The torment of his condition. May I say for a man that lives his entire life for nobody but himself, he sure was a miserable man. Right. Yeah. Would you agree with me? Are y'all still paying attention? Do you know what we're talking about? This man lived for himself and nobody else. He did what he wanted to do. But he was so miserable that he dwelled among the dead, crying and cutting himself. That's what a life of self-pleasure and pleasing self will lead you to. Yes, You'll never be satisfied. Man. There's always going to be a longing for something else. Man. For someone else. A void that's never been filled because only God can fill it. My friend, that's the best this life has to offer you. If you live your life for you and not for God, you'll live a life full of disappointment, discontentment, and discouragement. 
It is here in verse 5 that we clearly see the torment of his condition. The torment means this. That word means a commotion, disturbance, or agitation. It's usually accompanied with a great noise and uproar, a, a, a confusion of voices. The Bible, or excuse me, the definition of torment is a violent commotion and confusion of sound. It's an agitation. It's a groan and a murmur and another of agony and agitation. Verse 5, you know what we see? We see the torment of his condition. He's crying, cutting himself. He's full of devils. And I say the same man who's worshiping God publicly is wrestling with God privately. God is here, and publicly he's worshiping him, but he's also wrestling against him. You look with me. Verse 7. He cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. He's worshiping him, but in the same breath he said, Don't bother me. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I said, He's worshiping God, but in the same breath. I'm going to worship you, but don't you bother me. Where I'm at, what I'm doing. You leave me alone now. Don't you torment me. You'll love him when it's convenient for you, but you don't want him bothering you. Well, I'm having a hard time preaching, but y'all ain't helping that. His Christianity is convenient. When they're shouting, I'm going to shout. When they're crying, I'm going to cry. When they're praying, I'm going to go up and pray. But leave me alone where I'm at. Don't bother me. What am I to do with it? You know what that means? I had to look it up really to get a true understanding. What have I to do with it? We see that phrase all throughout the Bible. What have I to do with it? In other words, what business do we have together? That's what he's saying. Why? I'm going to worship you, but really, what's your motive? Why are you here? I adjure thee. That word means to summons or command by, notice this, Webster 18, 28, to command by the wrath of God. He said, I adjure thee. What is your business? I'm going to worship you, Lord, but what business do you have here? And I command you by God that you don't torment me. Sound like an average Christian to me. Yeah. Here I am to worship here I am to bow down. Here I am to something, something. You're my God. And on Monday, when they go do whatever they want to do, and God tries, what, what business do we have? I command you, leave me alone. Next Sunday, you're all together lovely, all together worthy. Tuesday, Doing whatever they want to do. God's like, hello. I command you, leave me. What business you got? What I'm doing me. You do whatever you want through the week. And on Sunday morning. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. See it, brother. It's your name. 
transformation of Christ. He is clothed. He's covered. He is sitting. He's been calm. And he's in his right mind. He's been consecrated or put into the work of God. Then, he's commissioned, Brother Chris. He gets in the boat with Jesus and says, Alright, Lord, now that you've saved me and free me, I want to go with you. And Jesus said, Nope. You're not going with me. I've got to go get some other people that's got that one. But you are to go back home, back to your town where you come from. Here's the Great Commission. Go to all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Go back and tell them what I've done for you. A true sign that one has never been converted is they've never felt compelled to win the loss. If you don't have a burden for lost people and ain't doing something about it, I'm going to ask you, let's all stand head bowed and eyes closed. I know I'll preach longer than usual. I'm under a heavy burden today that there are people.